Hello and welcome to Scrutinate Emerging Trends podcast with cybersecurity expert Shane Shook. Today we'll be shaking things up with a detailed look into four of our 2021 cybersecurity predictions. So join us as we delve into cyber recovery, securing data, why operational technology is a prime target for cyber criminals and if multiple identity telemetry is needed for authentication. It's great to have you back, Shane. Let's kick off with our first prediction. Recovery will be more high profile than defense. Can you elaborate on this, please? So in the last 18 months, we've seen the rise of ransomware as a service, and indeed it continues today, but also the splintering of that activity combined with more traditional advanced persistent threat techniques and objectives of extortion against businesses, both large and small. And the past 20 years have shown us that whether through technical or social engineering, there are just so many ways to intrude on our environments, on our managed estates, that defense has to be considered for many different aspects. And one aspect that we're learning is a practical defense or rather we're relearning, is the defense that recovery offers us. And what I mean by that is with regard to extortion, with ransomware, the systems access are taken away from us. With extortion, the stolen data represents value either because of the scarcity of the information and its availability for compromise in in the market in ways that could serve competitors or the potential for embarrassment or other impacts. What we've learned effectively is that unless we can make it unvaluable, the data, and that we can recover our operations in the face of these business interruption events, then we really have no defense. And the industry is coming around to that realization now, industry and government both, but security as a sector of industry, let's say, is coming to the realization that recovery is a very important concept. Two practical bits of advice that I offer clients with regard to data management is DLP and DRM are necessary capabilities, as well as uh, disaster recovery planning and capabilities, because the ability to recover from a backup, and the backups have to be tested, will make ransomware that's intended to interrupt our processes and business services ineffective. And the ability to encrypt data against its use by any others, if or when it's stolen, such as DLP can provide, or the ability to track where and how it's gone through the use of canaries or digital rights management capabilities can make the loss of that data really inconsequential. And it's the paired capabilities, uh, the recovery and the data protection against unauthorized use that are being reconsidered in the lens of defense as the effectively most practical defense available with regard to ransomware activity. So we believe that just as the past two years was focused so much on identity control and identity management, and the prior, let's say, five years was focused so much on endpoint detection and response capabilities, and the years prior from a security perspective were focused so much on network and particularly perimeter defense and identification of inappropriate use. We think the next wave of innovation and recognition of practical efforts to defend our systems and networks and data 
will be focused essentially on recovery. And so that's why I say recovery will be in the next foreseeable future, much more high profile than defense. And it won't matter whether it's IT estate, home use in our home offices, or even cloud services. In fact, I'm talking with a company now that focuses on recovery for Kubernetes clusters, which most people would think is unnecessary, but as a practical matter. Even at Kubernetes services with service mesh instances, it's still a very necessary capability to have a hot spare cutover in the face of business interrupting events. That's great. Thank you, Shane. Also in 2021, we believe that the term secure the data will become more important than secure the environment. Do you agree with this? I do. And it goes in part to the last point that I was making about recovery being more high profile than defense. Securing the data is not simply enabling or enforcing rules or roles-based access controls to who is allowed to access data, but secure the data actually is much more about how the data will be used by the varied service buses and data exchanges and applications, much more than just the simple direct access and use by individuals. I work with a company that, uh, Cloud Entity, for example, that focuses on fine-grained policy enforcement of API use in the cloud. And I've really promoted the importance of that capability because the service bus accounts that provide token enablement to data use in service meshes in the cloud and their similar forms in standard enterprise application services, it's exponentially larger than the direct access that you or I with our credentials in an environment will have. And that span of control has been overlooked all these years of data management, where auditors have promoted and enforced through examination rules and roles-based access controls based on users But the engineering buses for the shared services utility of data in these complex application suites where data is so often shared or resold or used for varied analytical purposes has been proven over and over again, particularly in the last three to five years, to be the soft underbelly for attackers to come in and manipulate tokens with the service bus OAuth capabilities and thereby gain access to the data for their nefarious purposes, whether it's PCI card data or PHI health information or other protected personal information. So securing the data is much more important than the environmental controls that Active Directory credential management or rules and roles-based policy management through GPOs or other types of enforced core screen policies, for example, that servers or applications can enable for individuals, simply because, as I mentioned, there is a span of access and use on data that is exponentially larger than any of the access and use made by individually credentialed users. And so there will be innovation and more focus on securing the data not merely as it's stored or how it's encrypted in transit, but actually much more fundamentally on the security of the diversity and multiplicity of the access and use of the data 
by the authorized interoperable brokers of those data exchanges, particularly as we go more and more into the cloud. Okay, with that in mind, what's your thoughts on operational technology becoming the next ransom target? This is really interesting, and it builds on, again, the uh, prior two issues. So historically, operational technology, or OT as we call it, has been the domain of mechanical engineering in production environments like logistics or fabrication or transit control or energy and utilities and so on. However, there is some form of OT essentially in every business if you consider access control gates with card readers, building management systems, video cameras, and a variety of other PLCs, RTUs, etc. that are used for the physical infrastructure and services that relate to our businesses and the environment that we operate in. Consequently, because OT has been separate essentially by design as well as by practice from IT, there's been much less focus on developing secure operating parameters and services and capabilities to address exploitation of, in many cases, outdated or older technologies than what we rely upon in IT. And because of that, ransomware operators have found that OT as a target can be as much or even more vulnerable and have broader impacts and capabilities to interrupt a business's capabilities to continue their services and operations, then IT has limited application of, you know, let's say a service or application to process data or to grant access or control user credentials. Then OT, for example, in an automotive manufacturing facility or in a power plant where If the OT service bus or the control software that interfaces with the remote terminal units or other programmable logic controllers, RTUs and PLCs, if that is interrupted or manipulated or made inaccessible through ransomware, for example, then the entire fabrication plant or the entire utility will be taken offline or perhaps put into an unsafe operating condition. Now, ransomware, most people might think is not a natural facility for causing this kind of business interruption in OT, except that we have to consider that the control interface or the human management interfaces, HMIs, are software for most systems and nearly all systems today, whether you're talking about the control room in a utility like water and power, or you're talking about RTU controllers that are running via software, whether it be for a BMS or a production assembly plant. They're running on software that's operating on a computer that is typically connected to an IT network. Even if it's a remote interface, through a VM or a Citrix type of application, for example, the software is in most cases running on an IT connected system and thereby violating that misconstrued concept that OT and IT are separate environments. In fact, they're bridged between, if nothing else, these HMI. And so ransomware operators 
have recognized this and the ransomware as a service and perhaps some of the extortion activities have also focused on the discovery of those systems, the HMIs, for example, that provide the interface between the IT and OT environments as some of the highest value targets for conducting very profitable extortion or business interruption events. So we've seen some of that occur in the past at least 12 months. And I think we'll see more recognition and more transparency by affected organizations in the nearer future. And that transparency will help to describe the risk in better terms, as well as to define and promote better collective defenses to address that unfortunately very real activity. Thank you for that insight. We are now at our last prediction. So Shane, do you believe we will need multiple identity telemetry for authentication? This is a really interesting one. So I'm working with several companies that focus on identity and authentication, as well as access management in different modalities and in different forms. And whether we talk about IAM or CIAM between business use and consumer use, for example, on services, there's at least the initial identity proving. And identity proving is providing proof through essentially documentation. For IAM, it might be uh, HR records of employment. For CIAM, it might be uh, your driver's license or some other form of identity card with pictures, biometric personal information. That provides identity proof to support customer authentication to identity services, where then validation and verification can provide governed access by policy control to related services. So the simplest description of that is if you sign up, let's say, with online banking, you'll have to prove your identity by submitting some documents. And then that proof will support identity validation as a regulatory requirement for things like anti-money laundering rules in banking. And that combination will form modalities that are supported by other modalities so that when you log on to your online banking, you're able to make transfers or payments or check your balance and such. And those modalities might be supported through biometrics like a fingerprint or even a PIN code from memory or facial recognition or other things. It's a complex assembly on CIAM that is increasingly being represented even in business IAM and IDAM, or Identity Access Management, where we see, for example, OT and IT convergence such that when you go to an office, or when we're finally able to go back to an office, and you get to an access control point, whether it's a card reader, fingerprint, facial or retinal scan, that OT IDAM, if you will, service, we're seeing increasingly will be converged with your subsequent access to information resources in the IT network through, for example, Active Directory services, so that correlations between your physical and your logical presence can be made and relied upon by the system for identity and authenticated service access and use. In particular, we see this in highly regulated and safety environments, in the highly regulated, for example, in trading environments like exchanges or secure operating rooms and banks, 
in safety, we see this in utilities and defense, certain other government departments and functions. But we're seeing that more generally and increasingly going into industry as well. For example, in safety, we'll see it in automotive or shipping and transit control and in highly secure environments like uh, pharmaceuticals or laboratory research. And so this convergence between the OT physical and the IT logical controls for identity and access management that's supported by multiple modalities is made so by the telemetry that has to be combined between the physical and logical. And so it's believed, and I think logically so, that we'll see more focus on more complex identity telemetry solutions involving multiple modalities and forms of telemetry that will be needed and enforced for policy-based access and authenticating service access controls in the future. Thank you for listening. If you would like to read our full list of 2021 cybersecurity predictions, simply head to www.sofrutiny.com. If you have any concerns or questions of any of the topics discussed, please get in touch and keep an eye out for our next episode as we catch up with Shane in the new year. Oh, and if we don't speak before, I would like to wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.